internet, so the earth has wizards now. My name is Matthew Kroll, and this is the only podcast about movies. You might notice a certain New Zealander, Mr. Shahir Dowd, is gone. I don't know where he is. I think I left him in Amsterdam, uh, because that's where we were last week for the Moonlight Review. But I've, I've upped the ante, ladies and gentlemen. Since Shahir couldn't be here today, I've, uh, I've brought in actor, comedian, Guy Code alum, host of the High and Mighty podcast, and last and certainly not least... The number one fuck boy live via Skype, Mr. John Gabris. Yes. Hello, sir. Thank you for having me, Kroll. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for using my official title of number one fuck boy. Yes. And, and due to your podcast and maybe a little bit of guy code, I've learned it's probably, is it spelled B O I? Fuck that boy? is correct. <laughs> yeah. I believe it's called F U C C B O I. Oh, well. We'll have to put that on the resume. How you doing, man? I haven't talked to you uh, for real in a, in, a, in a little bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we haven't spoken that much since Guy Code uh, <laughs> versus Curl Code ended for whatever reason. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe it's coming back. Who knows? We, we <laughs> will never know until three days beforehand. Uh, right. <laughs> and then it will go from there. Um, yeah, man. So specifically today, we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange. <laughs> I'm so excited. I mean, this is our standard. Uh, we sh I, sh I live in Los Angeles. Guy Code shoots in New York. I would fly in for two or three days at a time, and it's about every month. So I would have seen a new Marvel movie at this yep. point, which means, all right, I'm in between taping. Crawl, 20 minutes. Let's go. I just saw Civil War. Let's <laughs> so. Now that it's not now I don't have a chance to fucking fire off my Doctor Strange theories and shit. So I'm so glad you were able to have me on the only podcast about movies so I could start discussing the good doctor. Yes, excellent. And I know I know uh you know all things on the table. I do know that your podcast High and Mighty does cover films. Uh Predator is actually I know it's an oldie, but it's my one of my particular favorites. Uh <laughs> it's just and sort of like this film works with all of its multiple realities. We've always said that in whatever reality I live in in my head, we are the only podcast podcast about movies uh we you know we did so much googling research when we came up with that name. <laughs> yeah we're like there can't be that many movie podcasts hosted by uh white guys uh talking about or you have a new you have a kiwi so you win and he was also born in fiji so oh, shit, complicated triple threat <laughs> Um, okay, real quick, just up top, let's do a little housekeeping since Shahir is not here. If you'd like to reach us at all, you can catch us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Please write us in with any likes, dislikes, things you agree with or not, movie requests, etc. You can also reach us on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. Also, if you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Okay, jumping right in. Doctor Strange. Uh, I mean, what's your history with the character? Did you ever read any like Doctor Strange books or anything like that? I've read a few Doctor Strange trades. I I remember when one year with my birthday money, I bought like Secret Defenders one through ten, right? And I was super pumped about that. Um, but not, I didn't read too much about it. I was just always once the MCU was like created, I was always pumped for Doctor Strange to see if they would make a very genre-y version of the movie, yeah. you know. Um, well, that's like my whole thing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is I want superhero movies to not be a genre anymore and for Marvel to make – like they sort of do it. Like Thor is sort of a fantasy. Uh, right. Daredevil's sort of a noir. Like Jess, uh, Jessica Jones is like a psychological thriller. They're sort of – like they sort of do that, but I want them to straight up do that with the movies where – and Doctor Strange sort of does it where it's – 
kind of a trippy, uh, trippier version, but it's still very much beat for beat a Marvel movie. Yeah, a hundred percent. So something I've I've always, and again, I didn't have a huge history with the character. Uh, myself, I basically I liked him. So I saw him in a lot of crossover shit. Like he'd come and help Spider Man right. when like uh, fucking Mobius, the living vampire, hit the hit the ceiling or like any of that shit. Uh, and I always liked him. Uh, the uh, Infi- Infinity Gauntlet, uh, yeah. of course. Like yeah. you're like, oh, Doctor Strange, he's an interesting character. Yeah. Oh, there's magic. Oh, he's here now. Just like whenever they get hurt, <laughs> Night Nurse is there. Like all that shit. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So this was the movie. Uh, you know like you were saying how they try to like they've been sort of playing with genre at least a little bit i was worried the most about because for me i think it's a harder sell than even guardians was like we've all seen space opera type movies before so like yeah just because it's marvel you know it's their version uh this was just something that they haven't touched on really thor had a little bit of magic but not really i don't know so i was kind of terrified i was like if they're ever going to fail this could be the film they fail with uh, but I, I will say that, um, I, I was pleasantly surprised overall with the film. Uh, yeah, I, I, I assumed it would be decent. I think Marvel is not going to give you less than a six movie wise right. ever. It's always going to be at least decent, but they are really, and we talked about this when you and I chatted about civil war, as much as I loved civil war, they really are starting to blend together in my head where I'm like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, right. The airport fight scene or the airplane fights, you know, like they all, that's why I like the idea of like Dr. Strange and the guardians of galaxy at least is like, a completely different palette we're painting with or something. Yeah. 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 I, I was going to say the, the thing, I think I talked to you about this too. My, my issue, my one issue with civil war was that, you know, this was the conflict between Iron Man and Captain America that I actually really cared about. Like I care about interpersonal stuff in films more than I do like, Oh shit, the world's going to blow up again. And so I was like, okay, so this is the conflict I'm interested in now with these other films that are coming out plus infinity war. I'm like, what can they do to make me care as much about that as I do about cap and Iron Man's friendship. (laughs) And I don't know how they're going to do it because that's fucking just you can't just keep making bigger and bigger things in outer space. Right. There's there's a law of diminishing returns at a certain point. You're like, like that was my ma- my only real complaint with Doctor Strange was I'm just so tired of like the bad guy being an ephemeral being that you never you know like like Thanos um, the yeah. uh, the fucking invasion in. Uh, Avengers, like all of these bad guys are just like vague. We're bad guys. Like yeah. the guy with the hammer from Guardians of the Galaxy, Dormammu. They all just seem like, trust me when we say this guy's insanely evil and insanely powerful. <laughs> yes. And you're like, I don't even understand how Dormar- Dormammu is powerful. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they're bending space. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to do it. I actually, and we'll get into that uh, a little bit later down the film, but the Dormammu thing, again, I was super worried about it. And then I I really liked the way they handled it. At least the way the way that Dormammu and, and Strange's battle at the end happened, uh, that felt 100% right to me, where it could have just been another, uh, you know, even though it would have been magic, people punching each other in the face, which a lot of the film before that is, uh, it's just it's fight scenes, but with magic and with trippy special effects as opposed to space special effects or. Right. Yeah. It's still it's still crazy to me that the Marvel movie is a complete shift to magic and a whole new character and arguably like could be a different time period even. And it's still 
just uh, punching, shooting, <laughs> jumping, kicking. It's like, come on, no. A staff, a electric whip. We've literally seen those weapons in other movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because these are other Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny because so my usual co-host, uh, Shahir Dowd, uh, so he's the one on the podcast that uh, hates fun. And that's been a long time sort of like stamp of his. He doesn't stamp him that way. I do. Uh, he's very, he's very, uh, he's the slightly more pretentious one. I, I don't want, I won't shit talk him too much because he's not here to, uh, you know, defend himself. But he hates the Marvel MCU. Not that he doesn't like specific films, but he just hates the fact that it is sort of cookie cutter and it is, we've seen it before. And like, it is this like movies to make other movies thing, uh, which I don't personally mind as long as it's entertaining, but it's, he, uh, it's just interesting that he won't be here to defend his points. Although he did want me to tell you that he is a huge fan of uh, your podcast and Gino on comedy. Bang, bang. All he right. Well, then that. this guy, then you know what? Then crawl. This guy's right. Fuck you. I'm with him. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> After that wonderful- Flattery will get you everywhere with Oh, me. shit. Well, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Um, I, was so ex- I was excited for Doctor Strange because I like to get stoned and go to the movies. And then I felt like, oh, this is one I can, like, I should get stoned to go see this one. That was my question. Were you of sound mind and body or did you have chemical enhancement when you saw this film? I almost always, like my friend Jeff Rubin says- yeah, when someone goes, yeah, but you were probably high during it, you go, yeah, well, it was a movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I get stoned for it. Like, I, I always, uh, or, or the um, Bruce Banner line from Avengers, that's the thing. I'm always high. I did partake in some fine California uh, medicinal edible uh, maple sriracha pretzel nuggets. That is a fuck ton of chemicals to put in your body not just the drug but also all of those flavors you just said how did your palate not explode they were i was doing great (laughs) (laughs) all right in in that sequence when um uh tilda swinton is trying to demonstrate the world to him I started like laughing. I'm like, this is so intentionally crazy and weird. Like she's trying to freak him out. So I love that sort of like cheeky in the know of like, we know this is, so it's just colors and he's falling. It's like such a perfect example of that. (laughs) So I, I saw it. Um, I saw it sober, uh, uh, which, you know, I guess that'll be our two sort of, uh, our two, our two viewpoints as we go down the line. Um, (laughs) I love two cities. Yeah, yes. So let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk a little bit about casting. So I personally was very happy they did Benedict Cumberbatch for this this film. I think he fit it perfectly. Uh, look wise, you know, uh, temperament wise, I think it all fit pretty well. Uh, what about you? I loved it. I, I was hoping he would be older. I always imagine Doctor Strange is a little older, right? And that's something that's not really in the Marvel universe, like. Robert Downey Jr. is maybe the oldest person, and he is he's acts like a twenty eight year old in every movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Might it be cool to have? I guess fucking Vision is the oldest dude now. I guess, I guess technically Cap is the oldest, but he's only thirty body wise. Right? Know? Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. So do, yeah, Doctor Strange always did sort of clock a little bit older for me. What I'm wondering is because this movie does something that I don't know. Well, maybe Ant-Man did this in the MCU. As far as timeline-wise goes, like, this movie yeah. starts 
maybe two, three years b- like before where the MCU currently is now. Right. Uh, and then eventually it time jumps to current times because they bring up the Avengers and they bring up a, a one or two things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, which actually, that that's before we sort of get into uh, a little bit more of the meat and potatoes. That's something I also really respected about this film that uh, it seems some Marvel movies, namely Ultron or Iron Man 2, uh, fell into the trap of like just being a vehicle for them to announce other characters and other films coming out. Right. This right, one right, felt right. standalone. Right, like this one could have existed. I think they have in its too own. many movies. They have too many movies coming out to like. They don't need to promote them. Like they're just coming out like every three months or whatever. Yeah, I think they're going to use the Avengers as like the big like. Don't worry, a couple of these people will get their own movie. Blah blah blah, just like that. You know. Yeah, that's at least what it feels like. Where it's like the Avengers is where you'll see Black Panther, and you're like, dope. Oh, he's going to get his own movie. Oh, this person's going to get their own movie. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. The um, well, like for instance, like even in in Civil War, I was like, I was psyched they basically did that Black Panther T'Challa's origin story. So now we don't have to deal with that shit when we get the Black Panther movie. Like, right. I, I it turned me on to Spider Man. I I'm like excited for a Spider Man movie for the first time in years because that kid Tom Holland was great. Yeah, he was phenomenal, and I'm that so was glad. A highlight, of, a highlight of Civil War for me was how good that kid was as Peter Parker. Yeah. It was used right, comic relief for the first like it like he works so good as part of a bigger story. Yeah, yeah, and he and and his chemistry with uh with Robert Downey Jr. just in that one tiny bedroom scene was like enough to sell me even before right. the airport. I didn't think we were going to see them at, see him actually fight in the movie. I thought it would be mostly that, and then getting to see him fight in the movie, and he does great, and the effects look awesome, and that Queens Brooklyn moment is oh, so good, so good. <laughs> I, so good. I fucking love it. Well, something I, I think it. that they're trying to do with, and probably starting with Doctor Strange, it's just sort of bringing up the age thing. I bet you the plan for, for Benedict Cumberbatch and Doctor Strange throughout the MCU will probably be, he'll be Doctor Strange for a while, and hopefully we'll see him sort of get older. So when we get into, what is it, phase four after Infinity War or whatever, when they start int- when they start basically retiring the actors playing the characters now, for instance, most likely Cap will die and Iron Man right. will pass the mantle. I, I think they're going to try to do what they're doing in the comic books, and which is sort of like, because almost every character is a different person now. Either, you know, Miles Morales is also Spider-Man in the comic books. Right, um, right. Captain Marvel, that's Carol Danvers again. That's sort of a, she took the mantle of Captain Marvel. I think Thor now is actually Jane Foster. Like they, yeah, Thor is a chick. Yep. It's uh, great. Iron Man's a woman now. Riri Williams. He gave he passed the mantle of Iron Man. Tony Stark did to a fifteen year old uh, genius uh, in the in the <laughs> comics. And I think Sam Wilson's currently Captain America. So anyway, the point is they're they're not only you know redoing the characters sort of for the times, but like diversifying and everything. I think the MCU will eventually follow suit. Um, right. And, but now, now they're a two headed beast. Now, yeah. like they're going. Hey, we got to make a couple of minority characters that people catch on to and then we can make movies about them. You know, like it's like betting on a character. It's like, well, we're going to lose Robert Downey Jr. So let's make the Tony Stark, the Iron Man people become fans of like, let's work that concurrently. Like that's a hundred. There's no way that Iron Man is not going to be a girl now in the future because it's going to follow suit to the comics. A hundred percent. Well, actually, and that, I guess, goes into one other thing I want to talk about before we get into the actual happenings of Doctor Strange. Did you hear about the whole uh, 
the the whitewashing bit about the ancient one and all that nonsense in the news. Did you hear about that at all? Yes. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the backlash. I saw the backlash to the backlash. I saw the guys. We shouldn't even be bothering with this when this is going on. Right. I saw every you, angle. Oh, so you looked at the Internet on a regular day is what you're saying. Yes. I opened my computer. Oh, and sometimes that's the worst thing we can do. Um, yeah, man, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I think this movie like saw that little bit of backlash and might've added a line or two to sort of like, cause they bring up the whole, like it's a multi-ethnic, you know, thingamajigget. And like they, they actually bring it up. And I think the casting that they did, everyone as far as acting wise did a great job. And I didn't see a particular, I think I didn't see any problem with it because A, it's from what the comic book was, and B, I do kind of feel like I know that their plan is to, as these characters retire and move on, we're going to get the new characters that are more diverse from the comic books. Right. You know? But, but look, I see it and I don't see it. Like, Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton as the ancient one, like, that's such a chance to just cast an Asian person there. Also like, true. Yeah. And it's even very if easy. Yeah. I do see that. Even if, even if they wanted it to be a woman, cast an Asian woman. But then you right. could, you could also have. I'm going to now argue with myself. You could, if you do that, please do. If you do that, then are you just playing into what is basically a sort of racist stereotype from the '60s and the '70s? Whenever doctors, oh, oh, he's he's mythical and he knows some sort of martial art type thing. They have to be Asian. Right. But if you're not going to make Dr. Strange Asian, if you're not going to make right. Vermont, if you're not going to make anyone else Asian and you have a character there, why not make that? Per like, I, you're right. I don't know what's actually worse, <laughs> but if you're not going to get Asian people cast in movies if you don't write Asian roles either. So that is true. It's got to be that. Yeah. So so ladies and gentlemen listening, this has been two white guys talk about diversity in Hollywood blockbuster films. <laughs> two uh, white street males really nailing down what a really Disney property wrong <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about stuff that we might actually or that our opinions might matter on uh, <laughs> uh all opinions matter <laughs> um, um what re real quick though uh isn't it crazy that like everything we love is now delivered to us via disney like yeah star wars and marvel was like my entire childhood and now disney owns it all <laughs> like that's just very terrifying to imagine one person is your supplier for so many things you love. One one entity seems dangerous. It does seem dangerous, but they haven't fucked it up yet. Like that's not saying they that's won't. The right? It's going well. It's going well, which is crazy. Disney is doing well by me. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. It is a little bit nerve-wracking. Um and even, I mean, I have high hopes for Rogue One. I, I hope that does well. Uh, and and it seems to maybe be doing like it's going to be good. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it is a monolith. And uh, we will all now, uh, basically, if we ever want to feel like a child again, we will bow to the Temple of the Mouse or we get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> here, hold on. I'm gonna now. Now I have a couple ideas about Black Panther and how I think that movie's racist. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. How come there's no White Panther? <laughs> oh, <laughs> perfect, perfect. This is a continuation of two white straight guys talking about gender issues or uh, race issues. Um, uh, so let's get into Doctor Strange itself. Oh, yes. they do give. Uh, 
Benedict Cumberbatch the uh, gray temples yep. after he uses the time uh, the time glove the Nickelodeon power time <laughs> I had so many I always used some, some stupid nicknames and there was so much shit in that movie like so many little things where I was like I don't know what that's called because it's also the Doctor Strange universe is even smaller than the Marvel universe like you know adamantium outside of right. Wolverine movies but like the references I was like oh boy uh, my friend Mark Rennie, uh, a gay man, said, any superhero who gets more powerful with every accessory is a guy I can get behind. Nice. <laughs> Dr. Strange literally is like, ooh, a necklace. Now I have this power. Check out this cloak. Oh, snap. This is powerful. Like, he's like getting dressed up and everything is giving him power. And they're it's all dumb. called They're all called something nuts, like the Eye of Amamato, Agamato. I don't never know how to pronounce it. Uh, yeah. The Cloak of Levitation. Someone had like Leopold's hover boot. I don't even know what the fuck they were called. Uh, right. There was the staff of the Living Tribunal. Yes. They, yeah, they mentioned the fucking Living Tribunal, which comic book nerds, that's supposed to be, I think, the most powerful being in the Marvel Universe, the little tri-faced dude who, like, is the size of Galactus. Um, at, least, at least according to my Marvel cards that I had, uh, he had seven in strength, intelligence, energy projection, wisdom, uh, and speed, but a one in fighting ability because he wasn't made to fight. All right, fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's a deep cut. That's was that the was that the combat game or just the collectible one? Just the collectible one because I remember the celestial beings were like their own category, and there was the Watcher, him, Galactus, Silver Surfer, and their powers were like all so close to seven. Yeah, and seven was the max. Seven was the max. Like Hulk had a seven in strength. Thing had a six. Okay. Um, and it was like real, like really fun. Wolverine had a six in fighting ability. You know, like Night Thrasher had a high fighting ability. Um, oh, I can't Night believe Thrasher. I remember these facts. Yeah, come on, I, keep them going. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? Holy shit! Why do I remember these scores? Of that's how obsessive I was when I was a child. Yeah, I mean, the, these were these. It's funny. These arbitrary things like fucking stats on the back of a cards, like could get you could basically make you win arguments with your friends. Like, this yeah. is like, oh, you don't think Thing could beat fucking Wolverine in an arm wrestling cut? Like, it's like, boom, <laughs> here it is. And you're like, well, fuck it. <laughs> and that kind of shit's important when you're 12. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to come equipped, ready to win any conversation you have with your friends. A hundred percent. Because if you don't, then, uh, then you're... What's then the you point of having friends if you can't be, if you can't be beating them? Right. There's no... Nope. You heard it here first. Um, so, okay. Doctor Strange, 14th movie in this fucking MCU. Uh, yeah, like I was saying before, I think this film overall was strong. Uh, I think it's what the MCU kind of needs to keep going. Self-contained stories. Um, yeah. The right amount of sort of references. There were only, I think, two in-film references to the rest of it. One mentioning the Avengers and one mentioning an Infinity Stone, which is sort of par for the course. Right. And I like that they sort of throw it away. Yeah. Oh, they're all just like, and by the way, this thing is an infinite stone. And you're like, oh. Yeah, he literally says like, uh, wow, this thing's pretty powerful. He's like, yeah, what do you expect from an infinity stone? And he's yeah. like, huh? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, obviously, the visuals were nuts and something that you don't really see in mainstream action cinema. Uh, I, it was fun. It was like, you know, that that whole sequence where she's trying to trip him out and she's so good in that in the movie yeah and she uh that all that shit makes me laugh so much yeah um trying to think what else oh oh um uh christine palmer the character played by rachel mcadams um 
I feel like overall underused, but actually the first time I've enjoyed Rachel McAdams in a while. Like I liked her in Mean Girls and I liked her in a couple other things. And like, I haven't actually seen her seem like she's having fun in a role, especially after fucking what the hell was that HBO series? Uh, God, I'm blanking. The one where she's like the detective. True detective. Oh yeah. True detective season two. Woo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That happened. Uh, what about, uh, what you got to see in time. In t- she's an in time? No, uh, about time. About time. About time. What is it's that? It's her and Donald Gleason, and it's like a time travel rom-com, and it's so good. Really? It's very good. Bill Nye's in it as the dad. He has, like, the ability to create save points in his life, more or less, and, like, retry situations over and over and over again. Okay. I just wrote it's, that down. I She's so good in it. He's so good in it. Let me just make sure it's called About Time. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't lie to me. <laughs> it is called About Time. 2013 fantasy drama film written and directed by Richard Curtis. Okay. The guy who did Love Actually and uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. So okay. it's really good. Yeah, right. She's great in it. Yeah, I just I missed seeing her have fun, and I wish we got to see her a little more. I mean, the, the love interest nonsense story is almost like, I think they they did it the least amount they could get away with it in a mainstream blockbuster, if that makes sense. Right. And, and I appreciated that, but I also would have liked to see sort of more of who the fuck she was. Um, I would like to have seen Doctor Strange do some things to protect New York that weren't directly associated with the story. Like, I would like to see him trying to live his life as the New York guardian. Right. Where it's like, what I, I, I want to see a little, like, this, the like there's the montage always in Ghostbusters that comes to mind where it's like when nope. they're busting ghosts before the real plot of the movie blows up. Yeah, when yeah. you just see them, you see like, oh, this is what ghost busting is. Because I don't think we really know what the magical guardian of the New York area is. Yeah. I think you got to see it a couple of times and maybe see like him defend a robbery or something. You know, something small scale that we want to see from Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think I think. The movie did, I think that, so that's on the flip side of it. The movie did feel so contained in its own little world. I think I was having to do with like the the dimensional nonsense that it would have been nice to see him sort of like outside of that and doing regular shit. I think the, the, the script, the way it was written sort of didn't allow for that because he didn't become like the New York guardian of the sanctum until the very end. So hopefully if there's a number two, we could see that. Right. Like I would love to have seen like him just do, yeah, the normal shit that you would see. Like, what does that entail before it's all of a sudden a battle for the livelihood of the uh, material plane? Right. You know, like just a couple of like lead up fights where you're just like, here's the Avengers busting people. And then maybe there's that like he defends you. Who? What's this card? Dormammu is coming. You know, like the stupid bullshit. Right. Everyone seems that all these guys seem to be all up in arms about Dormammu. Oh, Dormammu. Fun fact about me and Dormammu, he was one of my mains in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So, Whoa. yeah, I was... Uh, oh, that's huge. He was... T- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said that so condescendingly that I felt bad no, after I... No, don't, because I used the sentence, he's one of my mains in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So, yeah. any... That was totally justified. Fair but seriously, enough. I was so fucking good. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's how I got all my girlfriends. Um, 
So, yeah, overall, I think the music was standard Marvel fare. Uh, I don't remember the score, therefore I don't think it was phenomenal. Uh, no, it wasn't particularly good. I, I heard a sitar in there, though, so, you know. Uh, I, and that's, that's usually a big plus for me, but not in the same <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, Michelson was so good as the bad dude, uh, as the, uh, what's you, his face? Do you remember his name? No, I do not. I'm going to try to pronounce it. I'm going to butcher it. Calcilius. Calcilius. Cal- Calcilius. Yeah. yeah, I re- yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember Calcilius. Yeah. He wasn't one of my favorites growing up. Yeah. <laughs> Dormammu, um, Dormammu was a celestial being yep. uh, in that card game, too, and he had pretty high scores, and he had, like, fire for a head, if I remember correctly. See? Now you're on my level, so now I don't know if I really appreciate the condescending remark from before. This is from the man. That was giving me fucking stats off Marvel cards. <laughs> One of my means, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, film directed by Scott Derrickson, who actually is more of a horror guy. Uh, right. What was the, he, the thing he did before this? Uh, he's done Sinister, the, uh, Deliver Us from Evil, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and oh, Hell, yeah. Hellraiser Inferno. Uh I, don't I guess which one, one of those is. must have had some trip, trippy enough graphics for Kevin Feige to trust them. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't say, I mean, it's funny because like all these Marvel movies sort of washed together, a lot of the current horror films sort of washed together for me as well. Like, I don't remember which ghost is from what fucking movie and like all right. that shit. I got, on my horror movies episode of my podcast, I got Sinister and Insidious confused. Yeah. Sim- names, similar premises, and people went after me on Twitter. I was like... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I will. Yeah, seriously. There is horror movie people, I think sometimes, uh, and, and I, I fall into the category a little bit, but they get so passionate about their shit that when someone does talk about it, if you say something wrong, oh, damn. I will say that episode got a surprisingly above average number of hits. I think. I and, think and I think it's because horror movie fans are just watch consuming anything about horror movies and then finding what's wrong with them. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. And I think, I also think, and I know we're getting into a little bit of shop talk here, but I also think that the horror movie uh, fan base is probably one of the, I guess, least catered to with, like, freshness in a weird way. Like, they, they're, right. they're used to everything they get and they like it, but I don't think anyone's really tapped into, like, the next thing for horror. Right. I think you see it a little bit every once in a while here and there. And it's like, oh, cool. A movie like um, uh, Blair Witch is pretty cool. Then 25 movies like Blair Witch yeah. come out. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, uh, a movie like Your Next is cool because it's John Carpenter. And then mm-hmm. 25 John Carpenter ripoffs come out. Yeah. And then it's like Exorcism movie, 25. Uh, based on a fairy tale, 25 yeah. of those. <laughs> Uh, Beast in the House, uh, Insidious, then there's 20, like, they just find, like, Conjuring, Conjuring 112, found footage, like, they find their premise and they destroy it because it's a low-budget genre, so people can just rip, you can just make rip-offs and hope, and horror movie people will be like, I've seen every version of that. Because a scare is a scare, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to be lighting them up right now. If you put a horror in the metadata for this episode, you're going to get fucking annihilated. Nice. I love it. I, I You know, bring it on because Dormammu's my main. Um, the- <laughs> Dormammu is my main. <laughs> um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I think the next thing, and again, slightly off topic, but fuck it. Uh, I think horror is going to move towards more of the VR space. Oh, fuck yeah. It makes uh, sense. 
Porn and horror. Yeah, porn and horror will be the things the 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 rocket jets that VR attaches to to become mainstream. Uh, the the uh, have you played any of the VR stuff like the PlayStation VR or any of that garbage? No, no, I did like a little bit of like the Google Cardboard with like a surfing app, and it was it was pretty fucking wild. I, I'm in, I'm into trying it though for sure. If you have a PS4, I suggest getting the PlayStation VR and a game called Rush of Blood. It's a oh, it's a horror. It could be a porn or a horror at that point. You don't know, but it actually is a horror one. Either uh, way, I'm hard as a rock. Right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you're on like basically a haunted roller coaster, and you have two guns, and it's basically taking you through like oh, it starts as just like a like a haunted carnival with scary clowns, and it eventually turns into like a slaughterhouse, and then you're fucking psychological nightmares, like. And it's all around you. It's terrifying and amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Rush of blood. Rush of blood. It's actually only 20 bucks. The game is only 20 bucks. And I think it's probably the best value on that thing. So I'm an Xbox guy, but maybe I'll hold out for the next VR thing. Microsoft. Indeed. But yes, unlike horror, let's just let's it's time for a full on spoilers. I think for Dr. Strange. Yeah. Uh, Let's Why go. are you listening to this episode of this podcast if you did not see the movie, Doctor? That- First of all, why are you listening to this? Period. Yep. Hold- yep. Stop. Totally new idea. Why are you de- definitely? Why are you listening to this if you didn't see Doctor Strange? <laughs> <laughs> And then, all right, and then one step further, why are you still listening to this at this moment if you haven't seen Doctor Strange? We are 34 <laughs> minutes in, and uh, we actually, because we do post these, Gabrus, uh, a week later, it is expected that they see it, but uh, we've actually gotten a lot of Twitter and, like, emails and stuff from people being like, I really want to watch this or listen to this one, but I haven't seen it. And I was like, well, I, I can't, I, I wish I could help you. I wish I could build the time into your day. But <laughs> I still, I, I know exactly what you mean. For How Did This Get Made, um, uh, another movie podcast that I'm a big fan of. Yes. I well, I, I listened to all the episodes that I'd seen the movies of, and then I realized that you can get an equal amount of enjoyment out of the episode if you haven't seen the movie. So I was like, now I'm not going to wait. And also they're watching bad movies, so I'm not going to go out of my way to watch a two-hour bad movie right. to listen to an hour-and-a-half podcast about no, it. <laughs> I remember their Mario Brothers one. I actually watched it. I watched Mario Brothers again before listening to it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I could have. Uh, you know, it's weird. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it was good, but I actually enjoyed it more this time because <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. It um, is insane. <laughs> anyway, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange opens up with uh, Cal, Cal, Calcilius, yeah, whatever, uh, main bad guy stealing a, ba- a page from the book of uh, Caligosto? Caligostro. Caligost. Yeah. yeah, that book. You know, we've all read it. Uh, (laughs) uh, basically uh killing a bunch of people from a magical order and he's sort of it's a standard marvel villain sort of setup that we always seem to get in the beginning of these films uh right like another just another minor complaint is that it's like always some esoteric threat that's like hard to fully understand (laughs) it's like right right yeah okay got it (laughs) yeah so he steals the book, and it's supposed to be a mystery. We don't quite know why. Then we cut to the meat and potatoes of the of the movie. Stephen Strange being a brilliant surgeon, uh, surgeon who also apparently is a music trivia whiz. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like the way they set up that he's a smarmy, arrogant genius. Like yeah. his me- his memorization is like through the roof, which I think is really fun. Yeah, he um they set it up nicely. They give him sort of a Tony Stark feel without feeling like he's ripping off Tony Stark, which yeah is real fucking hard to do, I feel like, from right. a writing perspective. It, um, is, it gives you that arrogance without feeling like it's stepping on Tony Stark in any way, yeah. yeah. Um, 
he, what does he do? He does a tricky, uh, tricky operation. Uh, a patient is presumed dead by another doctor. He's like, no, he's not. There's just a bullet in, in his on switch or whatever. And then <laughs> he, uh, he like the does it without. Is right on his prostate. He's in a current state of climax. His heart is <laughs> so he goes in there and he does it by hand even though he's not supposed to, and he saves the day, and hooray. So then he kind of brushes off Christine, um, Rachel McAdams' character. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, it's two parts of, uh, you know, him being a douchebag. And then and then sort of the, the reason this whole thing happens, he's basically texting while driving on his way to an event. It's crazy that uh, a Marvel character's origin story now features texting while driving. Yeah, yeah. he's actually, <laughs> he's looking at, I think, uh, medical records, which actually, fun nerdy fact, my friend, uh, I guess because they reference as he's going through like the yes and no's of who he'd want to operate on. And he says no to somebody because like it would be too challenging and he'd ruin his streak. Another douchey thing to say. Um, yeah. He, he references a couple uh, sort of tie-ins. There's one, they say like, oh, there's a colonel from the military that broke his back in a military exosuit. And at first- That, that would be Rhodes, right? Yeah, well, that's what, we, that's what the internet thought until they realized this was still two years before Civil War. What we, I actually think they're referencing there uh, is, I don't know if you remember in Iron Man 2 when Justin Hammer, uh, uh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell, is in front of Congress and he's like showing off- uh, Tony hijacks the fucking feed and like shows what Hammer Industries is doing. And there's a mech that walks out and then with a pilot in it and it just twists at its back 180 and you just hear the pilot scream. Oh my God. They're referencing that. Uh, maybe. Awesome. I mean, that the only, that, that's the only thing that lines up timeline wise. Um, that's completely possible for them. That's yeah. awesome. That's and then great. there's another reference to a woman who was struck by lightning, but she had brain implants. So it was very tough to to operate on. And we think that might be Carol Danvers. That might be Captain Marvel. Um, oh, yeah. No clue. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, anyway. That's some good Easter eggs there, Kroll. Yeah. Yeah. How can, that's that's what I'm here for, especially I don't, Gabrus. I don't get to do this when Shahir's around, so I'm just gonna keep giving fun facts that only half of our audience cares about. Is that his, is that his specialty? Is the Easter eggs? No, his specialty is shitting on anything I enjoy. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> so you're saying we're just getting a lot done because we both agree. <laughs> right, right. If we were, if one of us didn't like this movie, there'd be a lot more fighting, uh, yeah. and defense. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Stephen Strange crashes his car. Uh, obviously his hands, a-, a la the comic book, get super fucked up. He falls into a life of just being pissed off at everybody. No one can fix him. Uh, so he just starts searching for any possible way. He tries regular medicine, other surgeons, they all fail him. And uh, he basically pushes away everyone in his life, loses all of his money, and basically becomes eventually kind of like a, a, a just sort of a hobo. He uses all of his money based on a hunch. How did he find out about the uh, about um about uh, Kamatash? Do you remember? Um, he asked, um, have you like he asked his physical therapy guy, have you ever seen anyone come back from this? And he said, one guy, miraculously, he's like, if I do this thing, will you give me the record? He gets the record yep. and fa- fa- finds him, and that's Benjamin Bratt. Yep, yep. <laughs> As a, just a fucking dude who healed himself with wizardry and bounced. <laughs> yeah, uh... <laughs> And yeah, he, he basically learned the mystic arts to be like, ah, oh, screw it. I can walk with these magic legs and, and now the I can play street ball. And that's yeah. what they, that's what they pull up on him doing. He's playing street, <laughs> he's a 50 year old man playing street ball, uh, under the auspices of using magic to even walk. Yeah. Hey, you gotta do what you love. 
and, and, and actually, uh, Doctor Strange is basically looking for the same thing. He's not looking for enlightenment at this point. He's looking for right. a, a, a fix for his hands so he can go back to work being a smarmy asshole. Yeah, and then I wonder if he'll grow at all. It, if he'll grow? Like, like, as a character, I wonder if he'll grow at all and decide, maybe it's not about my hands being fixed. Maybe it's about something bigger. Yeah, yeah. wonder well, if he'll learn that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll see some of that knowledge in future sequels or other appearances, because we don't get much of it here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he goes finally to Kamatosh. He meets... Uh, he oh that, that sort of sequence is kind of interesting how he's just sort of like walking through the the square and like seeing all the mystics and things and then like the one that actually is the place is just like a door and he's yeah, like yeah. he's like all put off that like it doesn't look myth like mystic uh yeah he's like a crazier looking like whitewashed dude across the street and they're like well he seems a little more comatosh yeah uh then he goes in there meets the ancient one the ancient white one and uh <laughs> Um, chats it up with her and learns a little bit of shit from her. Then he demonstrates, <laughs> I'm going to go beat by beat through the whole movie. I don't do have it. to do that, obviously. <laughs> no, but you can. Keep going. <laughs> and then he demonstrates his persistence by staying out on the uh, out on the patio or the porch or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's right. He pull, They pull a fight club because she teases him that scene you were talking about before uh, mm-hmm. about when, like, the first time he, she, like, the ancient one, Tilda Swinton, pushes him out of his body and he's like, oh, fuck, this is real. And then he lands, he asks what's in the tea, like he thought he was drugged and it was just fucking tea. Uh, they had a little moment, a little shout out to their critique when you walk in there and it's like, uh, um, oh, the ancient one, and then it's just an old Asian man leaves and it's like, <laughs> And it's like, all right, you're calling it out a little bit, but it feels like you're being even more of a bully in some way. Yeah, too. I can see that. They they definitely didn't need that. Though I, I think that character – oh, fuck, I'm blanking. My nerdiness is failing me. Uh, that character is an actual character in Doctor Strange. He's supposed to be a dude with one hand who might have they, – they reference him. The name they use for that guy that leaves is supposed to be like Wong's father or something. Oh, we see him later with one, heart, with one hand. Oh, so, really? Yeah. But uh, when he can't get the things right, he's like, it's my hands are too fucked up. And she's like, show him. He pulls out his <laughs> right. uh, a hand and a stump and does it and is like, a stump, that's so mean. Uh, <laughs> a hand and his thing and is like, uh, <laughs> <his thing laughs> keep going. I, I handed you the shovel. Now dig. Uh, yeah, they, he demonstrates that he could do it with only one hand. Yep. So Dr. Strange, you could probably do it with just some busted up fingers. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, we see that he trains, he learns some spells, and then the second he learns like a spell, shit hits the. Fi- oh, I like that he's jamming through books. I like that that's like a little runner, is that him and the librarian have a tete a tete because he's uh, going through the books so fast. Right. We meet Wong as the librarian, who in the comics is also sort of Doctor Strange's like uh, sidekick, I guess would be the uh-huh. right term. And then he, we also meet Mordo, uh, who, again, because I didn't read the Doctor Strange books, I didn't really know Mordo's angle. And then by the end of this film, I think it sets it up to an actually an interesting place. He's like a guy that's like helping with uh, Doctor Strange's training in the film. Uh, played by, I, I, I love this actor so much, and I butcher his fucking name every time. Can you say it she right? Would tell, she would tell yes yes i fucking i've i everything that man is in is fucking magic uh he's the fucking super badass assassin in serenity right yes yes he is yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's so good in that what am i well that that's how you do a fucking villain so if 
uh, you know, oh, spoiler, but like he eventually at a at post credit sequence becomes bad due to some actually interesting reasons, not just like, I'm pissed. Like I actually enjoy the like actual moral reasons he has. But um, yeah, if we can so get. He's so he's like chaotic. He's like lawful good or chaotic good to a degree where it makes him evil. Right. What would be the D&D fucking alignment for Mordo at the end of the film? He's yeah, because he, he, he basically Mordo gets upset because basically all the stuff that the ancient one is teaching. We learn this throughout the film uh, ends up being actually kind of hypocritical because we're supposed to stay away from Dormammu and the dark dimension because it's like the dark side, basically, and it turns you fucking bad. But the ancient one has been ciphering off just a little bit of the dark world's energy uh, The because to, so, to be powerful and to stay alive. Right. So. Uh, he's basically pissed off at the hypocrisy of it. So I would say he would probably be probably lawful neutral or lawful evil at this point because he's like, no, like rules are fucking rules and you guys right. are all hypocrites. Right. It's lawful neutral or lawful evil. Yeah. I guess like it's lawful to his own belief system, which I think makes you some, I don't know. Well, lawful neutral. This- no, you got it. That, I think that's what it is, right? We did right. it. We did it. <laughs> We've established true virginity. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think they gathered that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we're putting out a heavy. We're putting that vibe out there heavy. Thank God we're both in committed relationships. Um, <laughs> they set up. They set up a pretty uh, him as a pretty cool bad guy. Um, he's fun in the movie too, uh, kind of being the uh, sort of straight man to Doctor Strange, yep. uh, and. Um, he has some cool weaponry. He has those cool boots that yeah. lets him j- jump a couple of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got the double or triple jump. He's run through fucking Castlevania enough where he's got that shit. Yeah, he's got the triple jump uh, modifier on. Uh, what else? Uh, then, then he has to. Do, he starts fucking with the eye that can turn back time. Yes, the eye of uh, Amamoto. I'm a goat. Uh, fucking a. I can never even Double. say this. It's it's the one he uses in the comic book all the time. I have a moto, I think is what it is. And please, yeah. people it, write it, in. <laughs> Only movie like, podcast tell me I'm stupid. Um, I like that they slowly built out the classic Doctor Strange costume over the course of the movie. Yep. But the goatee sequence where he's just in the middle of like Nepal and he's using a electric buzzer to trim his beard down to an insane Tony Stark-esque goatee. Hey. That's that should have been the post credit sequence. It should have been fucking strange next to uh, um, Stark both trimming. Hey, you do a weird goatee too. Yeah, man, I do a fucking insane goatee. That would have been great. That would have been good. I, I I am actually very interested to see those characters together. Like, I, I'm, I'm very curious what that fucking banter would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like a genius conservative and a genius liberal getting to, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, he's like a hippie and he's like a strict little army boy. Right. That uh, was scary. What just happened there? <laughs> <laughs> so we're on video Skype listeners and my cat just moved uh, my door to my studio open. It looked from the bottom, I'm sure to Gabrus that a ghost just did it. Yeah. Because uh, the cat is not visible from my angle. So that was Briefly terrified. No, she. <laughs> I'm either being punked or murdered. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, she was. Uh, Zoe was trying to get rubber bands to chew on and hurt herself, but we'll deal with that if it happens. Um, so, anyway, uh, Calcilius ends up busting up during, uh, I believe, during Doctor Strange's training and starts basically 
fucking up all the sanctums. There's one in London, there's one in Hong Kong, and there's one in New York, and they form a protective barrier around the world from mythical threats, which is why we haven't seen any before uh, yet. And conveniently, those three cities, while all around the globe, all speak English as their primary language. Oh, wow. I was going to say <laughs> ley lines, but I think you're on to something. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, wait, what's the ley lines from again? Well, ley lines are like the mythical energy. I think they, they mention it briefly or something, but it's like the, yeah. it's like lines of magical energy that surround the earth and where they cross are like nexus points. Right, um, right, right, right. Uh, so th that's why I think that was their first Yuri, Lexus in the Nexus in the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I think that was their sort of excuse for like, okay, if this is forming a barrier around the globe, why aren't they like equidistant from one another? Like, you know, like if you had three <laughs> legs on a table or a chair and they were put in the same positions that these cities were on the globe, the chair wouldn't stand. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, um, going a little too deep into into real life shit for this movie. Um, <laughs> so London Falls. Um, much like the film London has fallen. Yes. Which I have not seen, but I heard is stupid and fun. Dude, you have to see it. <laughs> you absolutely have to see it. The fucking president of the United States of America kills terrorists with an MP five. <laughs> All right. I'm Play, played by Aaron Eckhart. Yep. The, it's deeply racist against like the Middle East. <laughs> like, there's a moment where Gerard Butler kills someone and goes, "Go back to fuck Hedistan or wherever you're from." <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> wow! It's fucking great. Highly recommend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think people should get off the Doctor Strange train and maybe look a little closer at something of that if they want to get pissed off about some shit. Currently, uh, currently on Netflix. Highly recommend. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so then uh, in Mads Michelson, in Cassilius's crew, here's a deep cut. One of the actors is a dude named Richard Atkins, who's the guy from Ninja 2, Shadow of the Tear. No and he's fucking like a, way. He's like a famous B-movie actor. Like he's in all these straight-to-video martial arts movies. And he's in this weird-ass Chinese action movie that I just watched called Wolf Warrior as like the only American character. <laughs> nice. It was Wolf Warrior a current film or is that like an old, an older one? It's a current film and it's fucking crazy. All it's right. wild. Check <laughs> yeah. that out as well. That's also on Netflix and in Chinese and features – I don't even want to spoil a sequence. If you make it 20 minutes into the movie – Watch the first 20 minutes. If you're not entertained, bail, because it's a lot more of that. <laughs> About 20 minutes into that movie, something real fucking weird happens that you do not expect. And it's if you enjoy it, you're, then you're going to love the movie. You're in for the correct ride. You've gotten you yeah, bought exactly. the right ticket. Yeah, exactly. Um, so actually, around this time in Doctor Strange, this is where this is probably my one real problem with the film i feel like it moves very quickly in its little trippy world and I, I i can't remember for the life of me sort of order of events i know london sanctum gets fucked up dr strange uh gets pushed into the new york sanctum the owner of the new york sanctum um i'm trying to remember the dude's name oh daniel oh drum they just call him drum uh, who yeah. actually, another Marvel deep cut, uh, he dies in the film. He's probably uh, the character of Brother Voodoo's brother because they were the drum brothers, if I remember correctly. So, like, and Dr. Yeah. Dr. Voodoo could summon the spirit of his brother to, like, fight with him. Uh, uh, I don't remember this character at all, but that's an awesome deep cut right yeah. there. Uh, so, so then Strange and uh, Calcilius, uh fight in a very cool sequence throughout the the 
the New York Sanctum, and like that's when he gets the cloak of levitation. And I like how this is the Harry Potter fight. <laughs> yes, but I almost I like it. Ah, when you say it like that, I don't like it because I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. <laughs> but it's it's Harry Potter esque. I I liked it, but yeah. it's very Harry Potter esque. Well, they made they basically. I mean, thanks Disney, you turned the cloak of levitation into basically carpet from Aladdin. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it, it was cool. Like it was, it was grabbing dudes and like slamming their heads into the floor and like doing all sorts of shit. Yeah. And this is this is where the timeline sort of fucks up for me. So a couple important things happen. Uh, uh, once he sort of capture Calcilius uh, uh, for a minute, like he talks about why he's doing this because the ancient one's a hypocrite. That's where uh, Mordo first learns it as well. Then the ancient one shows up. They have a like a battle i want to say in the mirror no not in the mirror world yet because that's later see this way like there's too much shit that goes on in the like two-thirds point that i'm like i i can't remember chronologically what happens yeah and i mean i was high as fuck too so that makes it harder but uh, <laughs> the uh, what you just said reminded me that the cold open is the ancient one versus the gangs versus the gang oh. of bad wizards and that happens so fast and is so dope and it's such a good a good way to open the movie not featuring dr strange at all yeah 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 because when when uh Calcilia steals it they leave they, they kill the librarian they leave and then the ancient one chases them and they fight like along the side of the buildings um right that, you, yeah, you, no, see your, you see your first inception-esque uh yeah world folding fights and this, this is like inception on steroids and in, in a weird like this is just fucking they they twist reality in very cool interesting ways and i like oh. that they they use it they use the reality twisting a lot as almost combat moves like they're doing it to fuck right. with gravity to throw strange off of his fucking you know off of his feet and like make people fall through shit through like doors to other dimensions and like yeah it's all very clever I I love when they when they use that door and jump off the building into it. That like that's when they flip the world and then fall into the d dimension is such a dope scene. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think. Oh, th during one of these, this is where it gets so weird to me. Like, I'm trying to remember the difference. Oh, at some point, Doctor Strange gets hurt, right? And he he does the scene from the there's a Doctor Strange theory called the Oath, which I haven't read, but I've heard is highly uh, entertaining if you're a Doctor Strange fan. Basically, where he has to he gets his body to um, Christine, uh, Rachel McAdams in the hospital, the only hospital in New York City, and uh, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Uh, she has to operate on him while he talks her through it in astral form while fighting another dude in astral form. Yeah, it's a pretty dope sequence. Yeah. Um, and, and the solution is to, like, zap his body <laughs> with the fucking uh, paddles to give him an it extra boost the in the fight. Because, yeah, it makes, him, uh, it makes his spirit stronger. <laughs> yeah, because science and magic. Yeah. When he um, just goes back and says, up up the voltage and do it again she's like but you're a lot she's like just fucking do it lady let's get nuts <laughs> that's the, the fucking theme of this movie is let's get weird uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um so then the ancient one gets injured during this whole thing fighting off uh from the um from the new york sanctum and then they have that whole moment of like like i did this because of this reason it was almost like her saying you know why she was being a hypocrite uh right and you didn't quite realize where Strange, if I remember correctly, like landed. Um, and Mordo's like, oh, he's not about it at all. He's just fucking pissed off about the whole thing. But he does realize yeah. that if Hong Kong falls, then everyone's dead. And right. that's where, what's his name, Calcilius went. Uh, they get there too late, if I remember. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Before this, we did have Stan Lee's fucking cameo. 
which was right. during the Foldy fight. Uh, they fall onto a bus, and he's reading Aldo Huxley's The Doors of Perception, which apparently was written on like a fuck ton of hallucinogens. I don't, I don't know. Uh, so that was neat. I love that those seventies fucking like late sixties Marvel comics like that. Adam Warlock, fucking uh, what's his name? Jim Starling, the fucking acid head or whatever. Uh, who would fucking they would walk around the Lower East Side tripping balls and like write these like long like it would be like Adam Warlock in the middle of a page and then like a two thousand word like philosophical <laughs> diatribe around him. It's like who is this comic for? You know, the people, <laughs> the really high people. Um, so then I think we get to what is sort of the crown jewel of this film, in my opinion, is so Hong Kong's already fucked. They get there too late, but Doctor Strange has taken the eye of Amoto and um, Agamotto, the eye of Agamotto. I will get it right. Uh, and basically learns how to power glove, as you so aptly put it, Gabrus, uh, time. <laughs> because he does. He dials it. He uses his hand and he dials it like the power glove. It's so bad. Or it's like Minority Report. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a strange mythical combination. <laughs> so, so then basically uh the dark dimension is is folding in and dr strange gets this idea because he doesn't know how to really stop it is he the whole idea is dormammu and the dark dimension are without time uh they don't even know what time is and that was sort of calcilius's sort of whole plan is like dormammu's dimension doesn't have time so if we get dormammu's dimension in we won't ever die and that also right. sort of taps into how the ancient one was staying alive blah 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 conjecture yeah. um <laughs> so then this is what i love actually gabrus walk me through this moment uh walk me through how dr strange defeats dormammu this so i don't love dormammu because he's like a, a feral being but this defeat is a very he creates a save moment if you will mm -hmm. um yep uh, that, that's what made me bring up uh, about time is he creates like a save moment and like a video game and is just going to die over and over and over again to like to trap Dormammu in a loop because he doesn't fully get time, so he's stuck in a loop. And then what that means is for an eternity or however long, uh, Doctor Strange is dying painful deaths, <laughs> yes. and it's really they show a lot of them, which is really fun. They yeah. they cut that together pretty well that yeah. sequence. Dormammu, I've come to bargain, then just fucking spikes up his ass, or Dormammu, I've come to bargain, and just being ripped apart at the cellular level. Like, right. uh, and Dormammu's a big floating face, like a ripply face, who was actually motion captured by Benedict Cumberbatch, not voiced, but it's it's him doing Dormammu as well, which, which I thought is was crazy. yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, That's so, because he, he loves doing the motion capture for Smog so much. Yeah. Oh, man. He was getting into that dragon. <laughs> I know, dude. You see the behind the scenes? He's like <laughs> on the ground and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was fucking like, yeah, no, that's a very good point. I bet you he just really likes doing motion cap. Yeah. I bet you he's like, let me demonstrate to Marvel that I could do motion capture, too, for when these movies are completely unacted. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it will it will happen. When these movies are completely digital, I just want Marvel to know that I'm capable of handling it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Doctor Strange gets, traps Dormammu in this sort of time loop, and Dormammu, I love, he doesn't like get what's going on. It's like, I love seeing, it's a very Joss Whedon moment, too, like this crazy, like, super powerful celestial being that's totally knocked off his pace. Like, he's like, wait, what's going, huh? Wait, how the, yeah. what the, I love seeing that. That's just a funny, fun moment for me. Anytime you can have an immortal or like an all-knowing being go, uh, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's always going to be very funny. Uh, and basically, to work. yeah. 
And he <laughs> he gives them the ultimatum of like he's got you le- stop uh, Calcilius and leave this world alone, or we're gonna do this forever. And Dormammu realizes he can't beat that, so he he succeeds and basically leaves. And the world is saved. And Doctor Strange uses the oh, this might be what pushes Mordo off the ledge because Doctor Strange then uses the the Eye of Agamotto slash Power Glove Time Gauntlet to fix Hong Kong. Right. And break the rules of what they're uh, what they can, what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. Yeah, and so they're Pete- not supposed to create time streams or whatever because it could, you know, butterfly effect into God knows what. Right, and I'm sure that'll be a problem. I bet you, you know, it'd be interesting if like something like that caused like Thanos to realize where Earth is, or like something like that. Like, right, that's the call a woke, a beast, a woke a beast or something that has to happen in a different movie, or you know. Yeah. Um, causes like Thor ripples. I feel like Thor is living in the magic world now too. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, the the th- I'm excited for the third Thor. That little trailer that came out uh, about like the what Thor has been doing in between is pretty wild. Being Gary's roommate, or, or I forget the character's name's roommate, but that was really fun. The the yeah, fucking yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. So everything's fine. And Doctor Strange, he becomes the Sanctum Master of New York. Uh, and uh, you get that cool cloak moment, and then it's over. And then you see this post credit sequence with Thor and Strange sitting in an office in, in the Sanctum, and they're basically like, they have this fun moment. He offers him tea. He doesn't drink tea. He gives him a beer that just sort of fills up, like, because that's what he yeah. drinks. Uh, I I was pretty, I had to piss so bad at this point, uh, <laughs> but I'm, like, standing by the door, like, holding my dick, trying to watch the... Uh. Uh, post uh, post movie sequence. Uh, I like this. It was obviously directed by Taikia. I can't even say his name. Uh, well, uh, yeah, obviously directed by that dude who's directing for three. Yeah, because yeah. it's very much tonally like mm-hmm. what he does. Yeah, uh, and the whole thing is about like you know Doctor Strange is now keeping tabs on any sort of uh, you know magical being that enters Earth, and he saw that I guess Thor and Loki because they reference Loki came back, and he's like that's pretty dangerous. He's like I really want you to leave, and Thor's like I'll leave when we find Odin, and then Doctor Strange's like so if I help you find Odin, you'll go away. He's like absolutely, and like that's the end. So I'm wondering if Strange is going to be in Thor along with Hulk, like Hulk's and, definitely yeah, and then fucking Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, it, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok is going to be pretty fucking good. And this is coming from someone, um, obviously, I think it'll be much better than Thor 2, even though I really liked Thor 2. I know a lot of oh, people. I thought, I thought Thor 2 and the and the first Captain America were, like, the two worst Marvel movies. Yeah, I, a lot of people say that. I, I think. And <sighs> Iron Man 2 kind of sucked, too. Yeah, Iron Man 2 is probably my least favorite if we don't count the Hulks. Um, but I liked Thor 2 because I felt like it was the closest I'd ever get to a new Masters of the Universe movie. Like, it felt very, I, like, to, like they were even riding on, like, space sleds with lasers at one point. I'm like, that's fucking Eternia right there. So I, like, sort of signed on on a weird, different level for it. Well, that's what makes me, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Thor leans into that more and more, it's going to make it... A, a different experience than watching Avengers or Guardians right. and stuff like that. So they need to learn to do that. And yeah. I think that's a very, very solid. Uh, you just made me clock in my head. Rewatch Thor 2. <laughs> Zoe's coming in for the kill again, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. My cat will not. Zoe uh, is, is, she wants to be on the show, but sadly, she will never be. Um, she just can't get to the theater anymore. She's so late. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I mean that's basically Doctor Strange. Uh, I think overall it was a, a great entry into the MCU. It's a great entry into the MCU. I didn't love the uh, post credit sequence with uh, Morgo or whatever his name is. It kind of showed a little bit. Um, it kind of showed a little bit like um, why he's going to be become a villain because he goes to the guy who got his legs back with magic and basically Andrew says, Pratt. "Yeah, he says this isn't fair," and you can't walk anymore. And he like takes it away, which makes me to think that like, oh, he's just going to go fuck up everything with magic that he deems unfair. Very right, lawful yeah. neutral. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you're not allowed to have magic unless you're using it directly for good. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I liked it. Uh, I wonder if, if, uh, if, <laughs> if you just had to pee so bad, <laughs> you're like, get me the fuck out of here. That's definitely part of it. Also, I, I like when the double tag is something funny and crazy, like the shawarma right. thing. Or it should be very obtuse. It should be like, you know, three movies away, like a deep. I like the deep references. That's like, this doesn't matter at all right now. Right. Yeah, I could see that. The, I'm um, just being a little bitch. That's no, all. no, no. Opinions matter. You said it yourself. So final thought, Gabris, Doctor Strange. Should people go see this movie? Yes, I recommend you see if you're thinking at all about seeing it. I say you see it in the movies, 3D IMAX, mm-hmm. as 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 much into the graphics as possible. If you're if you don't want to see it, uh, don't rush and then don't even go see it when it comes on DVD. <laughs> but if it at all sounds appealing, get out there and see it now while it's still in theaters. Do you think this could be a gateway to someone who has who's just been like ah, I don't really like them? Not even like they don't like it; they've like only seen it in passing or like anything like that. Like, do you think it's a standalone enough where someone might enjoy it just being like, oh, this is a fun. Like, I like Harry Potter. I think if you're a, a stoner or like Harry Potter or like Benedict Cumberbatch, because he's really on display and very good in this movie. Yeah. And I, I think there's probably a big, uh, and this makes Marvel seem even more calculating. There's probably a big fan base for Benedict Cumberbatch that I've never seen a Marvel movie. That is a very interesting point. I saw a PGA screening of this uh, with my girlfriend, and there was just everyone who was coming out of the theater both men and women were, it was more of the, I think they were psyched for a Benedict Cumberbatch film more than a Doctor Strange film. So exactly. I mean, this, this movie's made, God, what is it total domestic or no worldwide 344 million. Uh, like they're combining, Disney's doing what it does best is in combining viewership to make the most, the most money-making union they can. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> These monsters, they're so good. Uh, they're so good. Anyway. This has been the only podcast about Doctor Strange in this reality, and I'm sticking to that. Gabris, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this with me. Thanks for inviting me into the mirror world where this is the only podcast yes, about movies. Yes, yes. Feel free to stay as long as you like. When you're not uh, inhabiting my reality, where can folks find you? You can find me on my podcast uh, called High and Mighty or High and Mighty with John Gabris. I'm not actually sure, but search it on <laughs> iTunes. Um Check it out if you're a movie fan. If you're listening to this podcast because you're a movie fan, um, I review some movies with some buddies, mostly action movies. And the rest of the podcast is just garbage if you're not, if you're only into movies. That is not true. <laughs> the rest of the podcast is magical. Something that I really enjoy about your podcast is the fact that you can take topics that I don't give a fuck about and make them interesting enough where I enjoy listening. Like you do like you do some sort of sometimes uh, like um working out or what like exercise type podcast. Like you basically you do you're talking about a bunch of nerdy shit here, but you run the fucking gambit of topics. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I just listened we, to. They do a full episode about General Tso's chicken, and then a full episode about growing up Iranian. Yeah, so. like, yeah. <laughs> I will. No, your Esther uh, when uh, another uh, guy called Girl Code alum Esther Koo, the episode with her, I really enjoyed about uh, her growing up yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Like that was really good. Uh, so everyone, check out High and Mighty. Uh, you can find me at uh, matthewkroll.com or uh, Emperor MSK on Twitter, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram. Oh, what's your Twitter, Gabrus? Uh, at John Gabrus, no H in John or Gabrus. Yeah, tweet, uh, tweet at me and Kroll with uh, any disagreements you have about Doctor Strange. I'd love to engage with the fan base. <laughs> oh, I- I'm sure there will be many. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and as always, you can email us up uh, at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or check out the website, onlymoviepodcast.com. And you can also check out Shahir on shahirdow.com. There's a lot of dot coms on this garbage. And, oh, iTunes. Write some damn iTunes reviews, people. Please, we would love it so much. We'd prefer five, but we'll take whatever you can give. Um, (laughs) Rate us, honestly. Or just give us five stars. Either way. No, it seriously helps. So if you enjoy what you're hearing, please do it. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess this has been the show. So thank you, Gabrus, again. And uh, Shahir will be back next week, maybe, if I look for him hard enough. But, um, One last thing, listeners, yes. if you're at all complaining about my audio levels, Crawl uh, asked me to do some work to make sure they sounded good, and I chose the lazier path. So don't take it out on those guys. Take it out on the lazy D-list comedian because I refuse to. Uh, I refuse to set up my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it sounds lovely. I but- fucking hope so because it's my fault if not. Uh, <laughs> Nice chatting with you, Kroll. You too, buddy. Sorry, everybody. See you again uh, next time. Later. Later.